A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Winning smile, I'm a living lesson in flair and style. You just can't help but stare at my sour fare. I'm Nubo, Deco, Roman, Greco, Rococo, Morocco, Bebop, Hip Hop, Flip Flop. Somebody stop me! Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watched the Mask Animated Series based on the Jim Carrey film with my friend, Chloe Tinney. Chloe uses she, her pronouns. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. This is the best. Damn, how do you even jump into this conversation? So, Chloe, howdy. <laughs> Hello. How are you today? I am excellent. How are you? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Okay, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I have strep throat. Uh, this is a great way to start Woo! the podcast. I have strep throat. I've I've had a horrible, like my, my epiglottis or like my uvula maybe has been swollen up for like the last week. Oh, Jesus. And so like I'll be laying and I did not know I had strep until today because I've never had strep throat before. And I didn't think that I was sick at all because I didn't have any other symptoms. So I would be like yeah. laying in bed at night for the last like week and a half and then suddenly just like start asphyxiating and not be able to breathe. Oh, Jesus. And then like like wake up with a start and go out and lay down on the couch and just like cry for a while. Uh and then I went I went to the the urgent care today and they were like, "Yeah, you have strep throat, also severe anxiety. You should probably see a therapist." <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder why. Yeah, probably because I'm asphyxiating, I don't know, but he's right. I mean, I should see a therapist, but I'll just talk about it on the podcast instead. <laughs> yeah, no, this is therapy in a way. You're, you're just talking about weird and shitty cartoons and <laughs> getting your emotions out. So yeah, it, yeah. I mean, and so, some podcasts do feel like somebody's going to therapy. This podcast feels like I watched a, the fucking Mask animated series and now we're talking about it. <laughs> it. It's therapeutic in a way because you get to watch it and go, oh, good. My life is okay mm-hmm. it, compared to this. <laughs> right. Compared to the life of Stanley Ipkiss, it's Christmas time when this episode Woo-hoo! is being released. Happy holidays, everybody. Um, Happy holidays. <laughs> Chloe, you you grew up in the Mormon church, and I don't know anything about Mormonism. I don't know if that's something you want to talk about on the show. No, we we definitely can if you want to. Okay. It's Christmas for me, at least, growing up in the Mormon religion and in theater. It was a weird hybrid of like... Somewhat super religious, but also we would still have like a regular Christmas where we'd have presents and do the thing where we like have to open them one at a time because our mom has to watch us 
see all the glory of the different presents or whatnot. Right. All the spinny propeller caps, the uh, the <laughs> rocking horses. Absolutely. The train sets. And matching conductor uniform, all that stuff. <laughs> With the really short shorts and possibly <laughs> the overalls. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we would have like various songs and stuff that our friends would get together, our other theater friends, and they'd sing Christmas songs, have like concerts and whatnot. It's a weird, interesting upbringing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just always had like standard white American Christian Christmas. It's like open up all the gifts on Christmas Eve, whole family gets together Christmas. You like, I don't know, see a fucking movie. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did try and be a theater kid in high school and they wouldn't let me. <laughs> Rude. I, I like auditioned for all the school plays and I got one speaking role in one of them um, where I did like a pantomime at the beginning. It was it was like my shining moment was me as like the <laughs> prince in the princess and the pea. And um, yes. Yeah. Wait. Well, no, it was once upon a mattress. <laughs> yeah, that was. the Yeah. One. Same story. Yeah. And then later on in the show, I had one line where I was like a background, like a guard. And my line was like, hey, look at that. Open the drawbridge. And I probably delivered it about that well in the play. Oh, yeah. No, you nailed it. That was that was peak acting right there. Aside from that, I just did lights. They wouldn't let me have any roles <laughs> as a person that talked. So I guess I was bad at it, but I think I'm probably a bad actor. That's probably true. Actually. <laughs> I'm not everyone can deliver the line about opening gates. So literally, I'm the only person that could. They actually had to bring me to every adaption of that play that ever was performed. <laughs> I traveled the country for four years before retiring early. So pretty like, cool. no, Mia, we need you back, please. No one can open the gates like you. And they definitely called me Mia when I was 18. <laughs> Uh huh. They definitely just knew. Um, what What was your favorite play that you performed in high school? Oh God, there are so so many. Um, well, right now I'm working Susicol, which is one that I did multiple times throughout my theater career. I was JoJo, so like the small boy in the original version. I did. Then I played Horton in the next one. What is that? Wait a minute. Okay, okay, go back. What is it like to play Horton the Elephant? Do you have a giant prosthetic (laughs) nose or are you inside of a costume? Okay, I played Horton in junior high where the production value was super high depending on the parent. (laughs) Um, So there were like these different costume get-togethers that my teacher would have with all the parents came together bringing whatever materials they had for home, just sewing shit together. My costume (laughs) was... Just sweatpants material, all sweatpants. The ears, the penis chest trunk that happened, the everything. Super comfortable. Looked <laughs> really terrible. Oh, wow. Having to maneuver with that weird chest dick was... Oh, it was, it was not weirdest... on your face. Of course, because that would restrict your voice. So it was, okay, coming out of your chest. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and it, it was soft and weird sweatpants <laughs> material just hanging there like a very very flaccid trunk dick that's good stuff <laughs> my weird thing was that like in high school i wanted to perform and nobody ever thought that i could like i think the people if they knew now that i was like a professional comedian living in la and actually doing that really really well they'd be like 
the fuck? And then they, they'd see that I was a girl and they'd be like, what the fuck? What are you, what? It's a 10 year reunion situation. <laughs> I, I am so scared to go back to any kind of high school reunions because, like, oh I I don't know how many people still don't know. I had one person that I saw who I went to do my hair with because she does hair or whatever. And she's like, I tried to find you on Facebook a while back. And, like, I searched your name and couldn't find it. But then I found you and I'm like, wait a second. She looks like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I realized um, I was talking to my cousin about Christmas plans recently, and I realized in the middle of the conversation, I had just never come out to him because I had just talked to a lot of people on that week when I was coming out. And then I came out on Facebook and I was like, anybody who I didn't talk to personally will see it on Facebook. So I was like in the middle of this conversation. He was like, yeah, I like lost a bunch of weight recently. You still like working out, bro? And he was like asking me about like my workout routine. Uh, mm. I was like, yeah, not. I'm I'm sort of going for like different goals now, I guess. Like <laughs> a little bit more cardio focused. I was kind of kind of ripped before and that made me uncomfortable. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I was like, "You'll see next week when I come home to visit." My pecs are a little <laughs> Yeah, my my pecs are a little fatty right now. <laughs> but only those. Everything else, I I'm looking great. Yeah, I'm really working on fat distribution lately. <laughs> I have like these really amazing supplements. They make my skin all soft. It's it's great. <laughs> oh my god! Speaking of which, the mask. <laughs> There's no <laughs> great, way to transition. Great segue. Yeah. No that 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 was flawless. Chloe, Very did well done. did you know that there was an animated series based off of the Jim Carrey film The Mask before I made you watch it <laughs> at gunpoint? It's like in a very specific period of the '90s where. Like, it makes sense that there was, but I didn't actually know that there was. That that was very much the period of time where they're like, oh, this is a popular film. Let's monetize the shit out of that and turn it into a really cheap animated series. Right. And especially with Jim Carrey, like, he had hit after hit after hit in 94, right? Where it was like, <laughs> this one... Specif- yep, specifically in 94. Yeah, I think it was The Mask and Dumb and Dumber came out in the same year and... Ace Ventura, I think, all came out in 94. That was 94 also? I think so. I, I might be a year off on those, but all three of those got animated series. Yeah, and like Liar Liar was within the next couple years. And yeah, he 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 had quite the career in the 90s, and now he's in Sonic. So he still has quite the career now. That's true. <laughs> he was in Kick-Ass 2, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh my God, I forgot about those. Yeah, all three of those movies were from 94. So he just had a really big year, like, right off the bat. And then right after that, I think, was... Um, For a second, I thought you meant, like, Sonic and... Oh, God. Uh, Mr. Pop were in the 90s, too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. No, perfect. Kick-Ass 2 came out in 94, but the first one came out in 2011 or whatever. Yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz uh, was negative 14? I don't know. <laughs> it was a tricky movie to film, but they pulled it off well, I think. Yeah, yeah. They really executed <laughs> Everybody was like, this is way worse than the first one. I haven't seen the first one yet. We'll get to- anyway. Sonic is going to be something, huh? I'm not sure what to think about it. I'm intrigued, not so much in the Cats movie way, but more in like um, like a Smurfs movie way. I think it'll be more fun than the Smurfs because I think that there's more at stake here. I think when it comes to the Smurfs, everybody's That's like, true. oh, okay. But when it's Sonic, everybody's like, 
maybe it'll be the best video game movie ever. And you're like, oh no, no, it won't. The bar is so low. You the saw where they started. On the ground. Everybody oh saw God. the little gremlin baby teeth Sonic original design. I don't know. Oh, so terrifying. Anyway, the mask animated series. I know. <laughs> the mask animated series. Here's the thing. Of all of the, the cartoons that I've watched on this show based on live action films, this is the most deserving. Absolutely. Right? Like, this feels so close to its source material, which I haven't read the comics, but it feels really, really close in tone to the film. I mean, the film itself is a cartoon, having rewatched it for this. It's it's bizarre in how realistic it tries to make cartoons, and then turning that into a cartoon was a brilliant choice marketing-wise, but then, like, the idea of a person with cartoon powers in the real world, but then having a cartoon person with cartoon powers in a cartoon. Right. <laughs> and and watching The Mask today, I watched it for the first time since I was probably like seven or eight, really recontextualized a lot of cinema from the late 90s, early 2000s for me. Because I watched like a lot of like bullshit, you know, like the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie or whatever and stuff like that. Oh my God, I forgot about that. All that makes so much more sense when you're like, oh, they were trying to be something that actually, like there is a, a, a base here for everybody to build off of. Yeah. Fat Albert from 2004 somehow feels derivative of the mask from 94. Like <laughs> <laughs> They use the same computers for him coming out of the TV. Yeah. Same effect, same team. The mask is to live action cartoon adaptions what paranormal activity is to found footage films. Probably, yeah. I mean, like Blair Witch came before that, but nothing was... like. Oh, that's fair. And I guess Cloverfield... Ro- Roger Rabbit came before too. the mask, but then the mask kind of said okay here we go let's turn this into the 90s franchise and we can't forget dick tracy the huge smash hit film uh that everybody's seen dick tracy i have i don't even know that movie (laughs) i've never seen it it's fine um (laughs) oh my god so i watched the film today the the cartoon really does like hammer like they didn't get Jim Carrey, obviously. Rob Paulson plays no. Stanley Ipkiss in The Mask in this, which is great casting. Oh, absolutely. The The casting in this show is actually really impressive for how cheaply it was produced. Like, they have Tim Curry as the main bad guy with the crazy eyebrows. That's true, yeah. And is he, like, recurring? Did you? We both watched a couple episodes. Did he come back in any of the other ones you saw? I think he's recurring, yeah. He's, like, the main villain. Okay, because in the episode that we watched, his whole plan was to steal Santa Claus's magical sack. I was like, this could be recurring or this could be brand new. (laughs) That line, he's like, I just want to take, I I can't even remember how he phrased it, but like something about wanting his magic. He says, I want to study your sack, dissect it, learn the (laughs) secrets of pulling a trillion toys out of one oversized pillowcase. Great stuff. Only only in the Mask animated series could you get Tim Curry to say he wants to dissect someone's sack. (laughs) I feel like you could get him to say anything you want. He he kind (laughs) of just went there, didn't he? (laughs) That that's fair. He is a masterpiece of a human being. But Rob Paulson as Stanley Ipkiss, he kind of just sounds like his Stanley Ipkiss is nowhere near as good as his The Mask. Because when he's right. the mask, he gets to just do impressions of Jack Nicholson or like Stallone or whoever he wants to do. And it's like, oh, OK, that kind of sounds like a cartoon version of that person. But then when he's yeah. Jim Carrey, he's like, 
hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm Jim Carrey. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? You're, you're doing great. Please, please just go back to Animaniacs. It kind of felt a little bit like when Dan Castellaneta played the genie in the yes. Aladdin series. Absolutely. I forgot that there was an Aladdin series, too. I thought there was just like the return of Jafar and then the one where they got Robin Williams to come back for the third one. I completely forgot that they made that a series, too. The 90s. What a time for capitalism. <laughs> I just can't wait until they remake. I guess it's not a Disney series. I was going to say I can't wait until they remake The Mask for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Oh my god. With like some like Jim Carrey ripoff kid. The kid from Ace Ventura 3 comes back as an adult to play <laughs> Stanley of Kiss. Or the CGI baby from the second mask movie. Oh god. With Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> I forgot. Oh my god, that fucking movie. And it was like 12 years too late. And Alan Cumming was Loki. So bad. So what, so bad. What a film. Anyway, so in this episode, um, wh- which episodes did you watch, by the way? Because I watched the pilot and the Christmas episode, and that was it. I watched the Christmas episode. There was an episode where he was, like, handcuffed to the detective guy and had to fight the putty and the fish guy. Right, so I saw the same ones as you. Okay, and then there was one where he was, like, half and half like half Stanley, half the mask, and it was like a weird two-face thing. Okay, tell me about that, because that sounds insane. You can't just fly over that. (laughs) (laughs) Like in the episode, I was just jumping through it, so I didn't actually see the context of how it happened. Right. But like, he's in a bar and he orders some kind of crazy batshit drink with like battery acid and all this crazy shit and olives, and they're like, we're out of olives, and he drinks it. And I don't know how the Stanley half survived, but Uh, then he's like half bullfighter as all the motorcyclists in the bar are like, hey, you're different. Let's beat you up (laughs) because cartoons. And so so his face was half green, half Stanley. Yeah, it was the Jim Carrey version of Two-Face. But if he was Two-Face, not Riddler in it. Right, right. My brain's going on all these 90s tangents now of all the things Jim Carrey did. And then there was another episode, actually, where they got Ace Ventura to show up. So the mask and Ace Ventura were in the same episode. Oh, fuck. Do you think that was like a crossover with the with the Ace Ventura animated series? Or do you think that it was like a was backdoor pilot? Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. They made Dumb and Dumber oh and God. Ace Ventura into animated shows. Oh, my God. I missed out on so many quality programs. (laughs) I don't think you did. (laughs) Honestly, you didn't really miss out on much at all. (laughs) But it it was probably a crossover. Yeah. What what happened? Did they like have to do some pet detectiving? Probably. I, I just saw the thumbnail for that one clicked in and saw like a brief moment where they're both screaming at the same time. Rob Paulson's doing his best to do like three different Jim Carrey impressions at one time. (laughs) Which again, we've established is not his strong suit. Like it kind of does feel like an impression that you would have done in 94 before anybody knew how to do a Jim Carrey impression. Not that I can. Exactly. No, I mean, right. Like he does, he's an incredible voice actor. There's no real way to get all three Jim Carrey voices into one episode. <laughs> so props to him for trying. I bet that like Lloyd Christmas shows up at the end or something like that. 
<laughs> probably. Yeah, he's probably. And he's angry. like, let me show you something. <laughs> <laughs> so the Christmas episode was insane as Christmas episodes usually are. Like, if there's a Christmas episode yeah. of a cartoon and they don't meet Santa Claus, I'm fucking pissed. And and this one, he definitely <laughs> meets Santa Claus. Yep, or Christmas needs saving because. It is the most fragile of all holidays. Mm-hmm. It is constantly in trouble. It It is the Princess Peach. There's never like a Valentine's Day need saving episode or anything like that. No. If it's a Valentine's Day episode, it's always some bullshit about like love potions. No, Christmas needs to be saved. Right. No one can keep it safe. It is always in danger. Santa can never do his job without some kind of assistance. None of the adults believe that Santa's real. Right. Which, how did the presents get there? Yeah, this is this is one of those classic situations where, like, some of the adults yeah. believe in Santa. If you don't believe in Santa, you're a fucking dick. And everybody's going to be <laughs> mad at you about it. And everybody's going to be like, oh, won't you believe in Santa, chief? That was his, his <laughs> second in command. <laughs> um, that was uncanny. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I've done a bit of voice work in my day. I've recorded, like, 600 hours of podcasts, so I'm getting pretty good at it. <laughs> um. I think just dropping into this episode is exactly what you want to do with the mask cartoon. Because if you start from the beginning, they're going to explain things like this is where the mutants came from. This is his relationship with the cop guy. If you start in this episode, you'll just have to like die right in like, oh, there's there's mutants. Yeah, no, this is the one that I started with. And my reaction for the entire episode was what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Which of this is pre-established? What am I supposed to know going into this? I don't right. know. <laughs> and like I my only context I had was the movie. I'm like, oh, so it's a guy who finds a magic mask and has cartoon powers. And then you're dropped into the beginning of this cartoon and he's like outside in the Santa suit. Some other guy is robbing another bank that's right across the street from the bank he's at. And then all the superpower people show up and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Why is there a fish person with a giant putty man? (laughs) That entire situation was so fucked up because like classic Stanley Ipkiss shenanigans, his boss is like, you got to dress up like Santa and go outside. And so he goes outside dressed as Santa to advertise his bank. And there's a bank robbery, like you were saying, across the street with other Santa people. And the cops round up all the Santa people and put everybody dressed as Santa in jail. And it's like, well, didn't you talk to the people at the fucking bank? Like, they would tell you, like, yeah, we made him do that because we thought it was funny. Well, and, like, the mayor comes on TV and he's like, this has happened year after year. So now we're just putting a blanket ban on Santa. You're like, this has happened every oh, year. Oh, I missed what that part. What is happening? <laughs> A scourge of Santa Clauses has has swept the city, causing mass chaos and <laughs> arsony. It, like, it, how is that such a reoccurring problem that it was not dealt with up until this point? Like, you let it happen one year, okay. Two years, that's pushing it. But, like, every single year, there are Santas that just rob banks. And I would kind of expect, like, Santa Claus to step in at some time and put a stop to all of this. Like... He he does seem to have limitless powers, and instead he allows himself to be put in jail, but maybe not really. He allows all the Santas to run amok and besmirch his good name. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Santa in this episode is really a weird version of santa he's like a weird very judgy for sure so he's a dick (laughs) he sucks he has all these crazy magic powers but he's still trying to get stanley to do his santa job but he knows that he can still escape and like leave no trace of his being in jail and he's like oh no the presents were delivered already i just wanted to make sure that you knew that you couldn't do it. <laughs> That's what he does every year is he Tim Allen Santa Claus is one person <laughs> to prove that he still got it and nobody else does. Yeah, that was such a weird situation. There's like 12 Santa Clauses in jail, Stanley, the real Santa Claus, and 10 mutants that had tried to rob a bank or whatever. And the real Santa Claus, as they're letting Stanley out, because I guess that his job finally accounted for him, the real Santa Claus is like, Stanley, when you're going out in the world, I'm going to need you to be Santa Claus and deliver all the presents. He's like, I can't do that. And he's like, well, (laughs) fucking what? You don't like kids? And then he goes walking down the street dressed as Santa Claus and immediately is confronted by a child that's like, hey, fuck you for not being Santa. (laughs) And the dad, too, is like, yeah, my kid's right. You suck. (laughs) You're right. Santa Claus had every... Ability and intention to escape from jail without ever being seen in there by the police. So why did he put it on Stanley? And he did. Yeah, he did. And then he puts it on Stanley, a man escaping from prison or like being released from prison that he doesn't know Stanley has superpowers. Or if he does, he doesn't acknowledge it. He just he's like, yeah, someone who has heart and hope or whatever <laughs> yeah a love like, for oh, the no, christmas actually, not spirit. you you're just leaving the jail yeah he's such an asshole so strange and then as stanley's leaving he's like i don't know if santa's real or not but i have to save christmas <laughs> yeah did i just meet the real santa Claus? like what oh that's right santa in jail like shows him like his his north his pole license of- or something <laughs> yeah like a picture of him and his wife dressed as santa and he's like oh this is mrs claus and stanley's like well i guess you're Here right my elves and- yeah so he goes home and he's like well i guess i gotta be santa now like what does santa claus give him the sack how does that work nope because he nope. suddenly has a magic sack and sleigh I don't uh-huh. know. The the magic sack that you have to dissect. Yes, of course. 
And he like he like goes to his closet, he pulls out the mask, and his dog is barking at him, and he's like, Oh Milo, I gotta do this just one more time. <laughs> and it's like, this is the fucking mask cartoon. Don't you do this every week? Literally, <laughs> you always save the day. <laughs> this is the end of season one of three. Yeah. This is not gonna be the last time. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. It's Christmas. He's just like in deep, deep denial where he's like, the last time I put this on, something real bad happened, but this will be the last time. It's just like no oversight 14 times later. Yeah. (laughs) And then it cuts right to him in the sleigh. Right. Like with his dog at the helm, taking him to this random little girl's house who's super entitled about the present she wants. She's like, don't you remember what I wanted, Santa? Yeah, that's right. Everybody in this show is so mean to Stanley. And I guess that's pretty in line with the film, too, where like this little girl is like, like literally everybody tells him like, hey, fuck you. You're the worst. And I don't like you. I already told you what I want. And he's like, kid, I have a magic sack here. Like, just tell me what you want. I obviously don't remember you, but I can still give it to you. She's like, I wanted a rocking horse. He's like, "Okay, here's a full ass racehorse. (laughs) That was pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of great gags in this show. It's certainly yeah. enjoyable unironically. Yeah, I I feel like if they had the budget that they want to write for, that it could be like a timeless classic of a cartoon. But it's very much a product of the 90s where the people in charge of making every single business decision, they're like, oh, this is a popular movie. Let's monetize the shit out of it in cartoon form and use no money other than Tim Curry. The show would be so, so weird, though, if it looked like Batman the Animated Series. Like, I would be like, why did they spend so much money on this one? This one is one that you don't chip out for, you know? But then, like, at the same time, there's so many good little nuggets of things, like some of the voice cast, there's some of the lines in there. It has so much potential. Like, the theme song is crazy fun. I mean, speaking of the theme song, he does do one of his catchphrases from the movie. I think in the in the theme song, he does, Somebody stop me! He does, that's right. And then in every episode, he says, Somebody stop me! And smoking! <laughs> yeah, which in the movie, he says, Somebody stop me one time, and then smoking like three times. Yeah, but those, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, those are the most iconic lines. So, of course, he would do those that's true. four times in every episode of the cartoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what the kids are there for, you know? They're watching the cartoon, just waiting. They're like, come on, come on. I don't care about any of this plot. Just give me yeah, the one smoking line, please. It happens, standing ovation from all the kids in the room. <laughs> They're like, man, these kids are really loving the smoking line. Let's do this. Is like test audiences. <laughs> Let's just do that for a while. Make a compilation episode that's just him saying the catchphrase from the film. <laughs> all the four year olds are just cheering. So so he breaks into the little kid's room and he delivers his one present, by the way, as Santa Claus doesn't deliver more than one present because he's immediately sidetracked as he's climbing down this little girl's. He's like climbing out this little girl's window with a giant sack dressed as Santa green face and the cops drive by and they're like, hey, that guy's dressed as Santa. We should probably take him in and not like (laughs) he's breaking into a little girl's room and escaping with a giant human sized sack. They're like, hey, that guy's dressed as Santa. Let's take him down to the station. (laughs) 
<laughs> so strange oh the God, logical consistency so of the show. My, okay, my favorite line from that moment is when he gets on the bullhorn and <laughs> he's like, come down with your hands up so I can sit on your lap and read you your rights. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy has like, like, what are daddy issues equivalent to Santa Claus? <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't believe in Santa. I knew since I was five and didn't get my Captain (laughs) Choo-Choo. That's always what it is. It's always some fuckhead that's like, I hate Santa so much. I'm going to murder all the Santas (laughs) because Santa never brought me what I wanted. And it's like, well, you do realize that that was your parents that got you a shirt instead of the Choo-Choo train, right? Like, that's (laughs) your mom's fault. Don't be mad at at Santa for that. I mean, but also the Santa is an asshole, so I fully sympathize with him. Yeah, that's right. The Santa in this one wasn't even like, yeah, I didn't bring him the choo-choo because he was bad. He was just like, I didn't do it because I didn't want to. He's like, I I don't I don't give a fuck. And then at the end he does give it to him. So it's like, what how did Callaway earn this? <laughs> I don't know. And then they're like chasing him through the looping streets of Edge City going into the park. There's like an ice rink in the park for some reason that Mm -hmm. wasn't in the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's never going to be completely consistent with the film. Like, it would be weird if there was like a... No, I guess that would make sense if there was like a Cameron Diaz surrogate walking around. Voiced by like Jennifer Hale or something like that. Or (laughs) the voice of Marge. I don't know. (laughs) Lisa Simpson as Cameron Diaz as the love interest. That would be good. Yeah, what was her name? Tina? Who cares? I think, yeah, I think it was Tina. They hired her from a modeling agency to come do the movie, and then that jump-started her career so she could do more movies with people with green faces. God, I didn't even realize that. I just thought about, like, how much she is, like, just there next to the funny person in so many movies. Like, she never really gets to do all that much, but she's always, <laughs> like, there with, like, the biggest comedians in the world. <laughs> She is the pretty accessory to the people trying to make the very low quality scripts work. She does it. She's pretty. And then she shows up and does the Shrek movies. And then that's her career forever. Right. Sex Tape. A great (laughs) film that I thought about this morning. That's it. That's the whole thought. (laughs) No judgment. So the mask Santa is captured by his arch nemesis, apparently Tim Curry. Do you know what that guy's name was? It was like Cir- Circuitous or something like that. Oh, Pretorius. Pretorius was the guy's name. I was so close. Um, so Pretorius captures Santa Claus. And like I was saying, it's kind of hard to tell that he's the arch nemesis of the show because in this episode, he doesn't really mention the mask at all. He seems to just think that he captured Santa Claus with his giant magical sack and he wants to dissect it. (laughs) Because, again, he didn't get the toy that he wanted as a kid. So he's like, I'm going to dissect your sack and figure out how to get myself a (laughs) choo-choo. There's so much baggage with this entire town and Santa. They have to lock up all the Santas. Nobody got what they wanted. (laughs) And everyone dresses up as him to kind of fulfill some weird, deep (laughs) fantasy in them to like, he fucked me over. So I'm going to shit all over everyone else dressed as Santa to make myself feel better. 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of get the impression that every villain or every adversary in this entire show, of which there is 40, all are evil because they didn't get the choo-choo they wanted when they were five. <laughs> like, like they're all going to stand in the same room and be like, why don't you like Santa? And then they all say simul- like in unison, like, well, I hated Santa since I was five. I didn't get the choo-choo. I got a shirt instead. It was flannel and red. <laughs> I don't know what they have against flannel. Flannel is great. Yeah. It is the pattern of the gays. Stanley likes it. <laughs> so. He does. Oh, does that mean <laughs> Stanley's gay? No, he's a Jim Carrey character, so probably not. Well, I love you, Philip Morris. Is that what that movie was called? Oh, yeah. I love you, him Philip and Ian Morris. McGregor. Yeah, I never saw it. I, I didn't either. Do you think it's homophobic? It came out in 2007. <laughs> Uh, let let's spin the wheel. I it is very hit and miss. At <laughs> One that year point before time. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, the film <laughs> I love you, Philip Morris came out. <laughs> Which film was it that finally decided that being gay wasn't the joke? Like what what was the seminal film that decided? I don't think it's happened yet. <laughs> I don't oh, okay. think it's come out. But any day now. <laughs> it was almost a Jim Carrey movie. We were so close. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the main bad guy's house. Then he recreates all of the Christmas Carol within the span of like 30 seconds. Yeah, it, it made me realize how similar the mask is to like Pennywise. Like he just takes this guy on a fucking trip through his mind and he's like, totally. we're inside of your brain right now. How do you feel? And then like sends it to a thousand <laughs> years of madness or whatever the fuck. Like he's so all powerful. I I watched a video or a couple of videos about the original comics, how the mask itself grants those same cartoon powers, but the rest of the world stays completely uncartoony. So it's super bloody and super violent. Mm. And then when that was translated to the movie, they're like, oh, it's going to be Jim Carrey. So let's make it a little more lighthearted. Right. And so then it was a little more cartoony, but it still had that like cartoon affecting reality. And then translating that to the cartoon again. And I don't remember what the point of that was. Well, no, that's a really good point, though, because it does feel like in this show that Calloway is the reverse mask. Like... In the cartoon, Absolutely. everybody's a cartoon character except for the detective who is a serious man. And you're like, oh, you're the mask. <laughs> Think about it. He is- <laughs> Pretty deep. I'm real smart. Who of us wear the real masks? <laughs> yeah. That, wait, that was part of the movie, wasn't it? Like the therapist who had the book about we all wear masks. Yeah. And that's what inspires him to put it, put it on for the first time. Right. And then he goes to him later. He's like, hey, can you help me figure out this mask thing? He's like, I just wrote a book about theoretical masks. I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. <laughs> so so he takes the guy on a, on a trip through his mind. He escapes. And then suddenly the Santa gang subplot comes back into play. I was like, oh, I thought <laughs> right, we were done like, with this. <laughs> like five minutes until the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is this is going to resolve now? What the fuck is, is this a two part or what's happening? <laughs> And, like, the Sylvester Stallone guy is trying to blow up Mr. Winnie the Pooh man to get out. Yeah, anytime the Jim Cummings shows up, it's like, oh, it's Winnie the Pooh. What is he doing here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 Winnie the Pooh as a guy whose power is exploding himself. Yeah. God. That was pretty funny. All of the, like, mutant people in the show have, uh, like, just lame-ass powers. I mean, that that was kind of incredible from the first episode of the show where... 
it's these two bum ass teenagers that are hanging out in like a convenience store that has a monkey in it. Who cares? And then the cop throws them out for loitering and they're like, bro, I want to womp that fucking cop. Let's go to the nuclear power plant and get superpowers like our favorite superhero so we can go womp that cop. And then they're all radioactive. And then the next thing they touch is the powers they get. Yeah. They're like shotgun through these different windows of like a putty and a fish factory. <laughs> A putty factory. Right next door. <laughs> right into the Play-Doh factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So so he beats up all the Santa guys. He saves the day. He takes off the mask, and he's like, oh, Milo. Oh, he, he doesn't beat them up. He does the same kind of maraca, boom, chicky boom, jingle oh, bells yeah. version. That's right. And gets them all to start, like, dancing, and he gets right. them all to do, like, a snow angel. And, and then he, like, drops a giant fruitcake on them. Good shit. Very festive. I'm, I'm glad that we got all the beats from the movie, but made them Christmas themed. That, that was very good writing, guys. Good good job. Good job. Uh-huh. I mean, The Mask should have been a Christmas movie. That would have been pretty good. That would have been fun. Oh, I I don't know if we should give them ideas. We'll just read. <laughs> oh, no. The Mask reboot is coming any day now. They're, they're going to do it. <laughs> Who made that movie? Fox? I don't know. Searchlight. No. Uh, oh, New Line. It was A24. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a crossover of that and like it comes at night and the the it that comes at night is the mask. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. You thought the it that comes at night was xenophobia and paranoia about others. But no, it was the mask by Jim Carrey. (laughs) And Cameron Diaz is still there. Mm -hmm. Just kicking it. We don't know what she's doing. No, just doing nothing really she's there she's in a dress the camera really likes getting underneath that dress mm-hmm. at a very pg-13 angle god the movie is so fucking flawed in that way like just just that she falls in love with stanley because she's like i just like a nice guy like you treat me like a human being and it's like he does not come on are you he, what's happening he does here? only because he feels like He's expected to if he wants to be the nice guy. Like he right. writes that entire ass letter to the newspaper and the newspaper lady is like, hey, you're the one who wrote the letter about the nice guys who finished last. That was yeah. you. Oh, I want a nice guy like you. And it's, you can tell the entire movie was definitely <laughs> written by a committee of women. <laughs> I mean, it's such a situation where he's like, oh, I can never get a date. I'm Jim Carrey. And you're like, you literally have like two super attractive women just like clawing to get at you in the course of this film like what okay whatever who cares we're not talking about the movie um any final thoughts on the mask cartoon before we move on i would really love to see another episode with that santa showing up just because i want to know his reasoning behind appearing helpless and saying that he needs someone to save Christmas when really he'll do it all while Jim Carrey is out there trying to save Christmas as the mask, delivering one present. And doing it poorly, by the way. Like, yeah, the girl liked the horse, but he didn't give her what she wanted. And he's like, oh, no, I I actually solved the problem. This job is not for amateurs. Also, here's the same flannel shirt. Re-gifting the flannel shirt that the detective didn't (laughs) want already. Here's here's a crazy theory, and I'm just now coming up with this. This wasn't in my notes. Every cartoon Santa is the same cartoon Santa. 
So the cartoon Santa you see in this show is the same as Rubik the Amazing Cube, is the same as like the fucking Rambo show probably has one. And <laughs> <laughs> any cartoon that has a cartoon Santa is the same cartoon Santa. And he just every year he like meets somebody new. <laughs> yep, that is his goal. It's not to deliver presents because that's like an automatic thing. The real presents were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> you know, Rubik the Amazing Cube and the mask and Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> the dream team, honestly. Let's do something on the show that I like to call the licensed animated adventures. If you could cartoonify one little bit of your life, what little bit would that be? So usually we pitch an animated series based on a pre-existing live action property. I think that it would be fun this week to talk about Jim Carrey films that should have been adapted to cartoons but weren't. So excluding the ones that were adapted ace ventura and the mask so what do you think could have been a really great jim carrey cartoon not starring him him, of course let's say rob paulson returns okay eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that was my second choice (laughs) (laughs) it would be so incredible because he would be constantly that was exactly where my my mind went to it would be him (laughs) and clementine meeting each other literally every single episode and at the end being like i fucking hate you so much i'm gonna go erase you (laughs) And the next week they meet each other again and he's like, orange hair, pretty cool. <laughs> but it's like all in the style of the mask. So it's super over the top cartoony. Mm-hmm. And so they're like trying to kill each other by the end of the episode. And then they have their mind men in blacked away. Uh-huh. <laughs> which also was a series. Yeah, that would be a great crossover episode. The men in black always <laughs> oh show up God. at the end of the Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> and then there, there's one episode where they decide not to erase each other. And the men in black show up and they're like, they're like, hey, what's going on here? We're gonna, we're here to neuralize you guys. You scheduled a, for Tuesday at six? Yeah, we're here. <laughs> what was your number one? My number one, and this is sort of self-serving, but uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh my God. I have said a thousand times because I have a Series of Unfortunate Events podcast. I have said over and over again, they should have continued the Jim Carrey film as an animated series and done all 13 books And then, sure, you can do the live action remake later on Netflix, but like a cartoon Nickelodeon series. That would have been incredible. It would have been pretty sweet. In 2005, the heyday of Nickelodeon. That's probably not true. Uh, (laughs) It it was an heyday. Sure. Danny Phantom was on. Great show. Yeah. Fairly Odd Parents was still good. SpongeBob. Uh. Just getting bad? I don't remember. Drake and Josh. Great (laughs) stuff. Anyway, I think a series of unfortunate events would have been really fun because you could have done all 13 books. Like do each one is a two-parter, you know, so you get 45 minutes for each story. And then at the end, maybe it just continues. Like, yeah, the continued adventures. Get off that island. Yeah. The Baudelaire's or Count Olaf maybe gets like a spinoff. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and they have that tiny baby. So then they have two small children. Right. Getting into all kinds of crazy antics. They have the Scrappy and Scooby of the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's what the spinoff is. It's just Sonny and Beatrice Snicket going off on baby adventures. And like Sonny's <laughs> trying to talk to somebody and they don't quite understand what she's saying. I don't know how Jim Carrey is involved at that point. Well, he was never involved, but I don't know how his character was involved. No, Jim Carrey comes back as the voice of Beatrice. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Beatrice has like this crazy, amazing cartoonish baritone voice (laughs) and just loves to sing a lot like sing and dance and (laughs) at that point it was cg animated it was a weird show that never happened (laughs) 
oh man, I miss this alternate universe. I wish we could go back. Well, this is awesome. Thank you for coming on the show, Chloe. Yeah, thank you for having me. Where can people find you online? I am on Twitter and on Instagram as It's Chloe Now. And I also have art accounts under C-Tinney Art. That's C-T-I-N-N-E-Y Art. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. Or you can follow my alt account, which is pretty much just the same thing, Mia.com. Um, I basically just started that because I love the username so much and I'll get sick of it eventually, but who knows? Thank you everybody for listening to cynical cartoons for another week. As always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant and happy holidays. Happy holidays. From zero to hero, the mask is one lean green crime fighting machine. He's a hard hit superhero as he battles the evil mask stealing Dorian. He's a quick-draw dude with maskitude. Dare to wear the mask. Somebody stop me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.